Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. What's up, everybody? Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Maybe you're on the new ESPN Montana app. If you're not, you need to get it. Great way to stream this show, listen to this show live or archived. Very happy about it. Very proud of the guys, Tommy and Jeff, the guys in the back for getting this thing done. Very uh, arduous and big-time task, but uh, help, helpful for us, but more helpful for you as well. Thanks so much for tuning in, Nuanas Now. We're coming to you like we do every other Tuesday from Studio 49 down here at the Gallagher Business Building on the University of Montana campus. My good friend Justin Angle joins us today, a business angle. So let's start at the end because I always text you all the questions, but we were just talking about this, so we'll just stay on this subject. I stumbled upon, as I often do, which is what makes Twitter both amazing and uh, so addicting sure. and, and maybe uh, a time suck. I stumbled upon this debate last week all about this Korean K-pop band called BTS. I had first been exposed to them at the Grammys. They they performed. Sure. Uh, they have many hit songs, none of which I could have told you BTS sang until I saw them on the Grammys, heard this song. I was like, oh, I hear that song on the UR, Sister Pop Station. I hear it all the time. Okay, but this debate was all about how BTS was the most famous musical act in the history of the world. Or is, because they, right, yeah. they currently are, and I think that's undeniable. They currently are one of, if not the most famous acts on earth right now. Mm -hmm. But this debate then got hilarious with people attaching and responding with memes of Michael Jackson concerts sure. from the 80s sure. when you had... 
tens of thousands of people in hysteria, passing out, freaking out. And so it got me thinking of all the levels of fame because on one hand, you look at BTS on Spotify. Right now I'm looking at their Spotify. They have multiple songs in the billions with a yeah. B yeah, yeah, yeah. downloads, which is crazy. But then I think to myself, there was a moment in time where they estimated that one out of nine people living on the earth had exposure to or and or owned Michael Jackson's Thriller. Right. That's totally crazy. I mean, there's like the urban legend of when Michael Jackson went to Uganda and there was one boom box in the entire town and the only tape that they had was still a Michael Jackson tape. Sure. So it's kind of a give or take here. From an exposure standpoint, I think it's undeniable that we have a greater lens into the the lives of famous people more than we ever have. And there's also such crazy di- distribution methods that gets it delivered all to our pockets, yep. basically. But on the other hand, I don't I don't know. I, I guess I've never been to a BTS concert, but I can't imagine there's ever going to be a hysteria again like there was for the King of Pop. You know, it's, it's hard to know. I mean, there's so many layers to trying to make this determination. First of all, like, how do you define fame? And part of that has to be a geographic sure. variable. You said the world. So, you know, we here in, in the United States tend to be pretty America-centric. That's right? so true. So, so, like, whoever's the most popular person here has got to be the most popular uh, person in the world. And little do we forget that there's what, four times as many people living in Asia as there are in the United States? Uh, quite a bit more than that, yeah, Right, right. Yeah. You're, you're talking a full half of the world's population in just China and India, probably. Exactly. So if you're the most famous person in Asia, Southeast Asia, like, you're, you're probably the most famous person <laughs> in the sure, world, for sure. even though you and I might never heard of that That's person. That's true. It's true. So there's that factor. And then there's the other factor, just like how the times have changed that you mentioned this a little bit, like the friction between a content creator, whether it's a musician, an artist, a politician, an activist, whatever, and an audience is essentially none right now. I mean, you can get on social media and connect with people directly, whereas Michael Jackson, yes. you know, there was, it was hard to, if you're in Uganda, how are you going to get Michael Jackson material? You might hear him on the radio, you might get your hands on this tape, cassette tape, record, and then you got to figure out a place to play it. So it's, the distribution is totally different. Some of that works in favor of creating fame, right? Because there's this scarcity effect. Sure. Right? If, if, if there's, there's this mystery of like, I don't, you know, it's like when we were kids and, and you'd hear about the song and you'd have to search around for a record store to find it or a tape store. Totally. And like you couldn't go on, on the internet and check out that song. Right. You couldn't like shazam it and see, or ask the player, like a person at the coffee shop, like, what are you playing? So it was harder to get. So there's this scarcity factor. Right now, like, this this Korean pop band they can they can get into our ears however they want for sure and so if you define it just sheerly on units of exposure how many people have heard your music you know you probably have to go with current day because you, you can just get people to hear your stuff much easier I just think about those those people that were sort of on the forefront of international fame. I know the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and the you know the British Invasion, all that stuff was sort of international, but you didn't have the mechanism of cable television yet, yeah, yeah. right? So I think about all those people that rose to massive fame in the early 1980s, Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy, Mike Tyson, Prince, Madonna. It's a miracle that they're all still alive. I, Michael Jackson's not alive. Actually, most of the people I just named, the ones that are still alive, <laughs> it's a miracle. But I, I just think that no matter how you slice it or dice it, that level of unbelievable fame Associate, then accompanied by not having a blueprint on how to navigate it and not right. being used to it is mm-hmm. is uh, a c- completely unique circumstance in, in all of humanity, I think. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I have to think that through. Like the, the media landscape that those stars in the 80s 
navigated, certainly with the, the advent of cable television, was different than the prior generation. But you might argue that the generation that sort of was the first generation to live through social media uh, faced stiffer challenges, right? Because there's still fewer barriers. You know, there's, there's in cable, there's still barriers between the content creator and the audience, right? There's still mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, gates that have to go through. There's some editorial function protect, in, in some ways, protecting. Yeah. Not necessarily always, but um, at the very, you know, a, a charitable way to say it would be having some control over how that celebrity's image gets distilled down to the to the viewer. Whereas with social media. You know, it's it's essentially up to the to the content creator. Now, they might have people working as as gatekeepers between them and their audience, but oftentimes not. Like we saw that with Britney Spears, the stuff she sure. was putting out last earlier this winter was pretty raw, for sure. So it's unclear like wh- which generation had it harder. A business angle, the overlay between business and sports. We do this every other Tuesday here on Nuanas Now. Justin Angle joining us. We're recording this on the University of Montana campus where Justin is a professor. So let's talk about some sports because the reason I got to think about this is I have been writing this, shall we call, opus about Troy Anderson. I've been writing it for a couple months leading up to this NFL draft, and it's just been eating me alive. And finally, after my probably 17th rewrite, I'm like, okay, well, this is the version that's good enough to yeah. go leading up to the draft. I wanted to run it this week because of all the hysteria around the NFL draft and all that sort of thing, but also because, unfortunately, the myth, the man, the legend that is Troy Anderson, that myth and that legend is only going to get chinks in his armor uh, sure. soon. Maybe he goes on and maybe he goes out and is the best player in the NFL from day one. It's not it's not impossible, but it's very unlikely. He's mm-hmm. going to be a very good NFL pro if he doesn't get hurt. I, I believe that to be true. Yeah. But he's not going to be on par with Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Donald from day one. Mm-hmm. So, But his legend is unimpeachable at this exact moment. He has been the most dominant football player on the field of play every second he's played football in his 23 years yeah. of life. That's amazing to think about. But then I started thinking about myths and legends and how they linger. And it's such a huge part of sports lore. It's such a huge part of sports writing. It's what got me into sports writing when I was a kid, particularly reading the old sports writers of the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, because there wasn't the mechanism of television. There was so much more of this myth-making. And I have this cool book that we've been using as sort of a, a... prop on the show, okay. but this is the 100 Greatest Sports Heroes. Great, and it looks like an old book. This is from 1954. Yeah. And it's fascinating to go through this and sort of revisit the the Babe Ruths and Lou Gehrig's and, and Babe Diedrichsons of the world and the people you knew about. Yep. But then also how many people are in here that you had no idea about. And then you read about them and you're like, well, that was amazing. These people are amazing. Sure. So I just wonder how long the legends last. You know what I mean? Like right now, all of the pro sports in America... They've only been in existence in their current formations as leagues for, let's say, like two and a half generations. Like our parents were old enough to know about the NBA, the NFL, and Major League Baseball as they are sort of in their current iteration. And so then I just wonder, how long do legends last? But then how do we have legends that legends and myths that linger for forever? I mean, for yeah. for centuries. It is, it's such an interesting thing to think about because athletes, as much as we revere them in America and in society in general, not quite on par with some of the great musicians, composers, authors, um, prophets, mm-hmm. you know, religious leaders, political leaders, things like that. It's just, it's just interesting how you can make a mark on history, but then you can fade. Yeah, you know, I might turn that a question, you know, if I were trying to explain that, I might turn that a question around and say, what makes a myth endure, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. How, how can a myth endure? And, and I, I think particularly with athletes, there has to be some cultural significance breakthrough. 
right? You can't just be the master of your craft. You have to somehow change the culture. So you look at like a Babe Ruth, the way he mm-hmm. played baseball and right. sort of the, the, the trade from the Red Sox and or the sale from the Red Sox, really. Right. All of that, like, and, and then the time at which it happened, it just sort of propelled baseball into the popular mm-hmm. lore. Mm-hmm. And he, was, he became the sort of prototypical, well, not... I don't know if he was a prototypical look of a baseball player, but like that's who you thought of when you thought of baseball. Sure. And I think of other characters like Muhammad Ali or Kareem, like we talked about last week, Jordan. These people had tremendous talent, right? But they also changed the social commentary or they changed the way the business of the, 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 the sport worked. Things like that. I, I think it's hard unless you're maybe an Olympian and you have the stage all to yourself mm-hmm. and you can sort of just get exposure as a winner to so many eyeballs sure. that wouldn't ordinarily be paying attention. Yeah, that, those would be the factors. And I think too, like there there are sort of familiar story arcs, mm-hmm. right? Like the person falls in a ditch story, sure. right? Life is going well, something bad happens, then yep. I turn it around and come back. Like that's a, an arc of a story that our brains are kind of adapted to be able to process quickly. It's non-threatening. So when when a, when a sports hero, a cultural hero, music hero, whatever, political hero presents us mm-hmm. with a narrative framework that, that our brains are responsive to, that, that is not threatening, that sort of fits what we're accustomed to in stories, we tend to respond favorably. And that could part, that could be part of this, the, the, the stickiness of some of these myths as well. Yeah, I mean, in this book, there's so many Olympians the majority of which are track athletes, but the only two that I didn't recognize were Jesse Owens because right. his performance in Berlin sure, in the cultural significance, such cultural significance, and then Roger Bannister is the first guy who ever run a sub four minute mile. Yeah, and because it was the first of his time, first ever, it, right. it's just it's it's attached to this mile. Whereas like Jim more. Thorpe didn't make the list. Sure. Is that right? Well, I'm not to, I'm not to the T's yet. We do oh, this. We okay. go. One, we, yeah, we go. We go one uh, at a time, and we just give history lessons. I think we're to the K's. So was that John Kelly? I think it was John yeah, Kelly, famous which, rower. In, uh, hilarious in that I randomly just turned to one page, and it, and uh, Mr. Rowing Justin Angle gets to see Kelly Drive along yeah, the where the, the boats all row in Philly is, is named after. John so then Kelly. I wonder about the like the NBA guys now because we have this gigantic obsession with brand. Yes. But in 30 years, who are we actually going to remember? Mm-hmm. We'll remember this this anomalous seven foot two guy from Greece with this crazy name, Giannis Antetokounmpo. We'll remember LeBron James. We'll probably remember the kid who chewed on his mouthpiece for his whole career in Steph Curry. Other than that, though, I don't know. Like, will I be telling my kids about this one weird guy who refused to play every other game, Kyrie Irving? You know what I mean? Like, Doubtful. I don't think so, right? Yeah, I mean, unless, like, Kyrie is an interesting one in that he has sort of breached the cultural barrier, yeah, you know, with his totally. vaccine status and some of the other stuff he said about totally. Flat Earth. And, yeah, he's sort of been out there yeah. and, and and, and but I don't think he's navigated that super deftly. Sure, I guess to, like to bad example. Charitable. Like bad but, example. But that, though, I mean, like, that's a sort of example of a guy that's sort of broken through to the popular sure, culture. Sure. But I don't think he'll be sticky. One that he, he's just like not doing his job and not doing it particularly well. So that's a, a problem. Well, that might change. I mean, he's got a ton of talent. And things for might sure. change. For sure, it, it is interesting. Maybe, maybe it's like uh, more of a. Uh, Devin Booker or Clay Thompson or something like that will I be telling my kids about? Who knows? I, I mean, I'll probably be telling my kids about uh, these you, games. Yeah, you're going to be telling about these like <laughs> role players that nobody knows about it's and the scoring their stat, <laughs> stat lines. Yeah, you gotta love it. Duan is now ESPN Radio. It's a business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications down here at Studio 49 on the University of Montana campus. 
Okay, so let's talk about a broad topic because I was thinking about this the other day. We keep talking about this trajectory of sports in America, mm-hmm. both professionally and collegially. Because of this massive change in media and the availability of all sorts of media, the only real captive audience that remains from a live perspective is sports. Right. So it's caused for this just meteoric trajectory. I was also then, I played golf on Sunday and it was funny. It was, you know, it was a journalist, uh, a banker and a realtor. So we talked just about the economy for most of the golf round and what's going to happen in the real estate world. What's going to happen with interest rates? What's going to happen with this, that, and the other thing. We are in new territory, at least in my life as an adult, for sure, in terms of inflation and the real estate market, especially here in Western Montana. It seems as if everything has, has a bubble that can burst or a ceiling that can be hit. Mm -hmm. Is there a ceiling though for professional sports or is this just exponentially going to grow? grow forever. Yeah, you know, my general rule of thumb, uh, this is not my rule, others have this rule too, sure. is that like when you start to be tempted by the wis- by the logic of this time might be different mm. w- with any class of asset, when you start talking yourself into ways where this run-up might be different, that's a sign that the bubble's going to burst at mm. some point or that you're in a bubble. Now, mm-hmm. you know, bubbles are hard to predict. Like For economists sure. have predicted nine out of the last five recessions, right? So, <laughs> right. so it's, it's hard to know when these things are going to happen. But, you know, I think you raise good points. Like as far as entertainment goes, it does have, you know, a, a, uh, a scarcity in its favor. It, it is the only thing left that I think we will sit down for at a particular time at a particular place and, and let some ex, some entertainment function driver schedule, except for like concerts and so forth. But that's a bit of a different animal. Mm-hmm. But it's still ad supported. Sure. All of it's ad supported, right. right? And and so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, there's there, there's a limit to how many how you how much monetization of sports you can make. Um, ads on TV and and radio are not necessarily as effective as digital ads. I know that's, that's sort of difficult to say on a radio show. <laughs> sure. No, for sure. But that's what the data They're tells us. They're not as us. targeted for sure. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're not as sure. precise. You're not, sure. You can reach more people. For the dollar, but it's not as precise. Sure. Let's put it that way. So, you know, I do think there are natural limits to that. Sure. And that will probably dictate, you know, kind of how these leagues grow. And, you know, like NBA ratings are down. For sure. So, you know, the NFL has has proven to be a bit of a unicorn. For sure. And, you know, there's some unique attributes about that particular product, but I, I, I think it has limits. I would not be... I don't know if, if it was a, if it was a stock. I'd be I don't know if I'd be selling right yet, but but I'd be hesitant to buy on this run up at this moment. Well, it's interesting because you you think about the analysis of the economy, and we can always hearken back to times when things have burst, when they have hit ceilings, especially yeah. you know since the industrial revolution through our lifetimes. That 150 years, you can point to all these moments like the Great Depression. Yeah, they're easy to see in reverse, right? right? For sure. How do we not see that coming? But uh, but at least you know that it has happened. Yeah. You look at the four pro sports leagues in America. The NHL hit a hit probably its peak when it had the the great players of the late '80s and early '90s, like Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux. Mm-hmm. They've kind of just been steady, not not crazy transcendent, but steady since then. The NBA is always going to be about players because it's about the personalities of the players. So they had a lull when Michael Jordan retired, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Tim Duncan. Those guys kind of brought it back up. The influx of the international guys. I, th- I do think that there's a little bit of a dilution in the personalities right now in the NBA yeah. because there's so many guys. Yep. There's so many guys to like, but they can't just say, well, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan. Like, there's 40 guys that could be yeah. like that. And and a lot of them are polarizing in their own right as well. When you look at Major League Baseball, you could argue that their bubble already burst and they had to become a completely different and regionalized, non-national entity at this point. Yep. 
Part of that's because of labor stoppages. Part of that's just because of the uh, unbelievable uh, amount of money these guys make. And part of it's because the owners are just dumb. They just don't know how to cater to the, the consumer. But then the NFL, you're right. It's almost as if it's the one that's completely impervious from any of this. Yeah, I, I would look at it like as you were listing out all those other leagues, you could also argue the reverse, that like the NFL is going to be the last to fall, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, right. There, I think there is a natural limit. I mean, it is, and it's the sport probably, now I'm sort of trying to pretend I'm an anthropologist here or, sure. or an historian, but... Um, you know, it's the sport that's most similar to, like, the the fabled ages of gladiators and 100%, so forth. And yeah. I mean, probably not much more than, than boxing or wrestling or so forth. But, yeah, I, I think it's got this unique hold on scarcity. It's got this structure of how the media builds up the week and then unwinds the weekend um, in its favor. And yeah, people like to watch it. It's It's, I mean... Whether you are sensitive to some of the arguments against it from a health perspective, people love to watch it, even if you have, even if you feel that. So, yeah, I, whether it's the last to fall or, or uniquely able to endure, I'm not so sure. A business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. We do this every other Tuesday here on Nuanas Now. Thanks to Blackfoot for all their support and all of the endeavors that both Justin Angle and myself share mm-hmm. and uh, have independently as well. Can't do without the guys and uh, ladies down there at Blackfoot. They're awesome to work with. Okay, so how about this? So much of the branding of sports has to do with character building. So much of the character building starts, or at least uh, takes this grandioso next chapter, step into the next chapter during the drafts. Mm. I have never in my life one time even known when the Major League Baseball draft was or ever watched it. I don't even know if you can watch it. Probably not. I I think it's like a 60-round deal where maybe like one round is on some sort of streamed specific service. Okay. I have no idea when the NHL draft is. Never watched that in my life. I watched the first two. I watched the whole NBA draft and the first three rounds of the NFL draft every year. Love it. I think it's great. I guess the three-part question, what do you think of this phenomenon? How much does this phenomenon help in the character building that aids these two sports being sort of the premier sports leagues in America? And then how much is owed then to the sort of the 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 lead-up, the, the foreshadowing that's provided by college sports? Yeah, I mean, I think basketball probably, you know, it holds sway... One, they, they did a clever job of marketing that lottery for, for a sure. long time. So, like, it, 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 despite it's, all the it's, oh, despite all the speculation oh, that it's but rigged, that, but that's part of the <laughs> right, part totally. of the captivation. He's totally. going to pull the ball out, and I remember like, you know, teams that were actually pretty good still had a shot at the number one pick. For so sure. it, it, there was some suspense there that was interesting. The other thing is like, we develop relationships. These these college basketball players have a ton of exposure. Right, so we sort of know who they are For going sure. into the draft, and we know as fans of teams that somebody could come in and change an outcome pretty immediately. You can start as a rookie, you can really turn a team around, and a single player on a five-person starting lineup or whatever it is, a twelve-man roster, um, that can have a big impact. For Where, sure. And, and the NFL, I think the NFL is is different in the sense that yes, college football has similar level of exposure, so these people are known. Um, NFL does great merchandising, and because there's so many other 
players that to occupy various positions. Like you could have a fourth round pick for sure. in a specialized position that can make a huge impact. Like a running back in the fourth round, you could for be sure. totally jazzed about. And people get into that, the stats around it. And the NFL, like they do with all other things, they package it so well. Like it's coming up during this lull in, in, in the in the sports cycle. No competition. Just, yeah, they just know how to like grab the media cycle and build up to it. And then there's going to be all this build up and analysis and all this. I mean, think of the number of people like Mel Kuyper Jr. Like that guy made his career. He's been a, on ESPN for 40 years because of this. As the draft expert, right? <laughs> like, know, it's, it's amazing. And so it is pretty specialized. The other two leagues, you're right. Like, baseball's got a thousand rounds. Who knows? And baseball draftees, like, never, you never, like, see them the next season. They hang out in the minor leagues and play for a bunch of years. And hockey, who knows? Does any, is hockey still a thing? Is that still a league? <laughs> it still is indeed a okay, league. Okay. We got a Montana in the NHL now. Oh, really? Jake Sanderson was the number five overall pick out of Whitefish, Montana. Awesome. Yeah, he's uh, he's been playing at North Dakota the last couple of years, collegiate league. He's only 20. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's certainly the highest drafted player ever from Montana in, in the NHL. So. But do these guys go right into the NHL after being drafted, or do they kind of have to work their, work well, their craft? Well, they do. Um, so many of the guys in America get drafted right out of juniors, which is basically yeah. a non affiliated right. minor league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there's not the college. I mean, there's college there's hockey. There's college as well, yep. But it's not the same. They don't get quite the level of exposure as football and basketball. And the NFL does such a great job, too, of teaching the, pu- the public at large about uh, the mechanism or, like, the machine that is each NFL team. Oh, That's yeah. part of the exploitation oh, yeah. of they the players. They use that complexity to their favor. For sure. But, but, like, if you like a specific team, okay, I'm a New York Giants fan. I know what the Giants need and don't need, so I can have passionate reactions yeah. to when they draft this guy. Even if I've never heard of this guy, if he plays the right position and it's the right value, I love it. If he doesn't play and we need a left tackle and we drafted some silly, you know, safety, I'm pissed. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's 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 right. Like football has so many layers of complexity to the selection, right? Uh, that you can, you know, whereas basketball. I think the sort of best athlete available argument probably is more effective in basketball, whereas sure. in football you could you could you could destroy your team if, if you if you spend a high draft pick on just the best athlete available because it might not fit that your needs. I also think that the NBA draft has lost a little bit of its allure only because we don't get to know the guys nearly as well. Yeah, they go straight to call, uh, straight to the pros, or they do one and done. It's it's not the same. It's almost as if if we. If they could just go straight from high school, then they would have a higher level of exposure in high school. Yeah. Or if they had to stay in college for several years, we'd have it like it used to be where they would be in college for several years. But, but like, hardly anybody got to really know Cade Cunningham, who was the number one overall pick last year by right. the Detroit Pistons. And Jalen Green, he, no one knew who he was because he was mm-hmm. in the G League Ignite. Evan Mobley, who was at USC for four months <laughs> before he's right, in the NBA, right. you know? Like... Scotty Barnes was a one-and-done guy at Florida. I'm talking, th- these are the top five picks in last year's draft. Jalen Suggs out of Gonzaga. And then you got a, an Australian kid. I mean, we're talking, before you had like a, a an established real college player, you're talking Chris Duarte from Oregon at number 13 to the wow. Pacers. So you're talking wow. 12 guys who, unless you're just a basketball junkie. Yeah, you're I mean, you, 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 you know a little bit about the, the one-and-done guys. Just, you know, Jalen Suggs led Gonzaga in the national championship and all that sort of thing. The tournament does put the guys on full display if they are in the tournament. So that's that's part of it, for sure. Um, but I just find it so interesting. Nuan is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Um, the last thing I wanted to touch on, and we can maybe save the full hashing of this out for sure. later, but 
Elon Musk bought Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Twitter's the only social media I check regularly because I am conscious of the fact that I control it. That's a huge deal for me. Sure. <laughs> as, as Andrew, our producer, always says, Twitter ends. There's an end to Twitter. You can get to the top of the timeline. Sure. And there's nothing yep. there until yep. somebody puts something else on there. You could fall down the Facebook rabbit hole for the till the end of time if you wanted to. You could look at it for the rest of your life, and they'd you'd keep never giving be done. you. You'd never be done. That's scary to me. But regardless, uh, first of all, the number is just uh, unbelievable. Forty-four billion. Nothing has yeah. ever sold for that price. Uh, as a private leverage buyout, right. that's correct. Yeah. I mean, there's been other acquisitions that have been bigger, but this is private, and it is a leverage buyout. So it's a single person uh, trying to raise raise the money, and um, yeah, so this this is unique. The there's so many different discussions to be had, politically, philosophically, freedom of speech, all that. So I don't want to do any of that. Just from a tangible perspective, though, Twitter is such a phenomenal mechanism for the conveying of, of journalism, of reporting, yeah. of all sorts, but specifically sports. I mean, it has become synonymous with sports. Rapid reactions, feedback, analysis, 100%. score updates, all that. Yep. So highlights, everything. I mean, we do more Twitter than anything we do at Skyline Sports and ESPN. So does this sale have any effect on the sports world? You know, I, I think it has the potential yeah. to, I mean, one of the things, so so that this, much of Elon Musk's kind of positioning around this sale has been to emphasize free speech and, and, and whatnot, but, but, and he's also said that he doesn't really care if Twitter makes money, but he's also taken shots at, how, <laughs> at Twitter's uh, business model or lack thereof. I mean, it's sure. not a good business. No. Yet they That's have, why it's so great, because it's free for me. Right, but they have a tremendous value proposition. Like journalists right. are addicted to it. Absolutely. Celebrities use it to monetize their personal brand. Yep. So there, there's this, there's an outsized level of engagement on the platform, and so that there are ways to monetize that. And I know we, you know, we should, we should put a pin in the streaming wars because I want to yeah. come back to that yeah, in a future yeah, yeah. segment. For sure. And I know we sort of talked about like. You know, could Amazon revolutionize how NFL games are, are pa mm -hmm. packaged and mm -hmm. distributed? Well, Twitter, I mean, you can see Twitter, like, buying the rights to the Olympics. Wow. Right? I mean, I'd prob probably more people are getting information about the Olympics on Twitter. For sure. So, for that two weeks, would you pay something for a, 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 an exclusive subscription yeah. to those real-time feeds? It'd be hard for them to, like, crowd out competitors, but they already have the installed base. So, I, I think Twitter could... There's interesting ways they could they could develop better business models. So that's the thing that might sort of bleed into sports because sports is one of those events or one of those things that Twitter is especially effective at conveying information about, except for the visual piece. Next time on The Business Angle, Elon Musk, Twitter, streaming wars, living on Mars, and everything in between. All of it. <laughs> Gotta love it. Justin Angle, Business Angle. Every other week you're on Nuana's Now ESPN Radio. Recording down here, Studio 49, Gallagher Business Building on the University of Montana campus. This was great, man. Thank you. Yeah, see ya. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. 
Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. dire straits for you here on your Tuesday. Love me some Mark Knopfler. Thanks for tuning in. Nuanas Now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Coulter Nuanas coming to you from the Northwest Motorsport Studio on ESPN Radio. Thanks for being here. The NCAA Transfer Portal for football has a deadline of May 1st. If you want to, if the prospect or the player wants to maximize the no penalty one time transfer rule. Therefore, I think we're going to see some guys into the portal. Upcoming. The most recent entry, as I just posted about on Twitter, is from Charles Brown II. He. Came to Montana State, highly touted. He was one of, one of, if not the first, early enrollees I can ever remember at MSU. Graduated early. For those of, the, of you that don't know, you can graduate from high school and then join the team in January, which then lets you participate in spring ball. A lot of FBS programs do this, especially with really highly touted guys. Aaron Hernandez infamously did this at uh, Florida that was part of uh, the the whole saga of why he became so entitled, irreverent, and ultimately murderous. Uh, but very rare at the FCS level. Charles Brown, though, did it at Montana State, and then he didn't have an opportunity to play in 2020 because they didn't have a season. And then he uh, there's the coaching change, and then he's sort of been in a logjam. So he just entered the assembly transfer portal four years remaining. He's a talented guy. Not all that surprised. Cole Reed. From Montana State also entered the transfer portal uh, recently. Uh, from the Grizz, the only prominent entry so far has been Gabe Solser, the former Gatorade Player of the Year out of Billings Senior. So we're going to talk uh, some Treasure State stars and some more NFL draft and some NBA playoffs, but I wanted to quickly get Andrew's reaction on that because we broke the news at Skyline Sports of Gabe Solser's transferring. Uh, but I hadn't actually got his thoughts on this. So what did you think when you heard Solser into the portal as a grad transfer. Well, I was a little bit surprised, but I think the grad transfer angle of it makes it um, a lot more uh, sensible or or a lot less surprising to me. For sure. Just, um, you know, I mean, we forget that you, these kids are often a lot of times, they're all in, they're in college, you know, they have a path of study that would, they want to follow. And sometimes that's what, that's the track that they want to be on. And when you and that's graduate, what I said. You, you're looking for other opportunities. And that's what I said yesterday, too, is you can take all the circumstances of this out. 
besides the specific circumstance that this was Gabe Solcer's plan all along. He told the coaching staff at Montana, I am going to be here for four years. Play me as a true or don't whatever, but like, yeah, there's no redshirt year for me because I'm I'm graduating four years. His initial design was to go to med school. I'm not sure what his plan is now, but I don't know. It, it was there's you could you can throw all the the injuries and the time missed and the fact he only played 21 games and all these things into the mix, but at the end of the day, this was his plan all along. Whether we played one or 40 games for Montana over the last four years. Yeah, and now ends up as sort of one of the great what-ifs in certainly the last decade of Montana Grizzlies football. Uh, there are going to be a lot of... There's going to be a lot of discussion, not so much around this move, but around just his career in general and and what he could have been for Montana and sort of uh, the reasons he never reached that scintillating potential that he showed literally on the first touch of his career. 53-yard touchdown, first touch of his career in a homecoming game against Sac State. Pretty good debut. Let's dive into our Treasure State Stars, presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, one of the best places in all of Western Montana to get a loan because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. Treasure State Star number one. This guy's been on here a lot. But this will be his last time as a sort of, before. I guess this will be his last time as a non-NFL player. It's Troy Anderson. He's been phenomenal to cover. Uh, one last tease, SkylineSportsMT.com. Got a pair of features up there, one by Evan Morris, one by yours truly. And uh, go check him out. Troy Anderson is almost certainly going to have his name called in one of the next few days. The NFL draft starts Thursday night, and uh, then the second and third rounds where I expect Anderson to go will play out Friday. And then the fourth through seventh rounds will play out on Saturday but sometime in the next roughly 270 picks, Troy Anderson, the pride of Dillon, Montana, Beaverhead County's finest, will be heading to the National Football League. Pretty cool for a kid that grew up in a town of less than 5,000 people. Treasure State star number two, Mackenzie Johnston. She was a all-time great Lady Grizz during her time at Montana. Finished with more than 1,300 points and more than 500 assists. I believe she's one of only two players in program history with that specific distinction she's playing professionally over in germany and uh she helped lead her team to the dbbl playoff finale she dished out eight assists scored seven points and grabbed six rebounds to help her falcons bod humberg past alba berlin on saturday 93 66 so not a very competitive championship game a full-on uh, blowout, but congratulations to Mackenzie Johnston. I always felt uh, bad for Mackenzie Johnston, o- only because I shouldn't say bad. That's the wrong word, but she's a what if, and because she is a great player, she was a great player from Anaconda first, and then Helena Capital secondarily, and she was so solid for the Lady Grizz. I mean, there was a span in time where she didn't come out in games. I mean, she would play. 40 minutes, 12, 13, 14 games in a row, both her junior and senior years. And she was sort of this, this steadying force in an otherwise completely tumultuous team. So I, I, I you just always wonder, like, what if she would have just come five years earlier? I mean, she would have been such a great point guard for Robin Selvig. Or if she would have come five years later and she got to play for Brian Holsinger, who seems like he's a pretty good point guard coach as well. Mackenzie Johnson put up a lot of numbers in college, but she also was on teams that sort of struggled to um, find win columns. 
yeah, I love that you pointed out that she was just the one reliable beacon on those teams. But I wanted to add uh, an additional Treasure State star here. Lizzie Klinker was on that team, too. Oh, They're cool. teammates in Germany, so yeah, congrats Lizzie to Klink- both of them. Lizzie Klinker, uh, one of the Klinker sisters from Fairfield, who had a great uh, small school dynasty. And uh, Lizzie played at Idaho, as did her older sister, Natalie. They're sort of two of the examples of of uh, a slew of girls that, that got away that probably would have gone to Lady Grizz if, if during the Robin Selvig era for sure, and then they went elsewhere. But such is the evolution of, of sport. Treasure State Stars presented by Parkside Credit Union. Treasure State Star number three, Marcos Zelver. He's a senior tennis player at Montana State. Montana State just sewed up the Big Sky Conference regular season championship in men's tennis, a share of it. That's their first title since 2013 and only their third title ever. Zelver was a key element, but what makes him unique? I believe he's the only guy from Montana that's playing in the top three singles in the Big Sky Conference. He hails from Bozeman High. He's a local product. And uh, pretty cool experience for him to be able to be on that team, play an impactful role, make it at the Division One level as a kid out of Montana, and uh, transition from being a singles guy to a doubles guy and help lead his team to a conference championship. It's a unique story and a very cool one as well. Charter State star number four. How about we touched on this yesterday because I thought I was so jaw-dropping that this had uh, even occurred. <laughs> but uh, we t- And it's, it's all about ultra running, ultra endurance running. Adam Peterman, a Missoula Hellgate graduate, he ran, ran and won the UTMB 100K over the weekend in Auburn, California. It's the longest race Peterman's ever finished. I bet you it's the longest race almost anybody's ever finished. <laughs> There's very few people out there in racing that have run 100 kilometers, period, consecutively. But here's the kicker. This wasn't just on the flat road or the back highway. This was in the western foothills of the Sierra, of the Sierra Nevada mountain range. Nearly 15,000 total feet of climbing. This man ran for 8 hours, 31 minutes, and 58 seconds. Ugh. It just hurts to think about. But if that's your shtick, I mean, I'm sure that you are having an out-of-body experience by the time that thing's done. Uh, So congratulations to Adam Peterman. He was a Missoula Hellgate graduate in 2015 who went on to compete in track and field at Colorado for five years. Again, the winner of the 2022 Canyons by UTMB 100K Ultra Run in Auburn, California. Treasure State star number five, Lane Sumner. He's a Huntley Project product a former state champion sprinter at Huntley Project who's been at Montana State now for four years. And I've always loved Lane Sumner's talent during his second season at MSU when the Bobcats were just running it and running it and running it some more. He was in the mix, and he rushed for 500 yards and a handful of touchdowns. Then last year, uh, that was in 2019, and then last year in 2021, Montana State went basically single-back feature-back with Isaiah Afonso, and Afonso broke the single-season school rushing record. But it was not a lot of carries to go around for the guys behind Afonso. When they did give Afonso a spell, they almost always went with Elijah Elliott, uh, a really talented freshman out of Portland. But Lane Sumner and Demarius Hosey were kind of the two guys that got buried on the depth chart. But Sumner had a phenomenal day 
in the Sunny Holland Spring Classic on Saturday. He rushed for 109 yards and a touchdown. He also caught five passes for 59 yards, including the two big gainers on the final possession uh, of the Sunny Holland Spring Classic. So maybe Lane Sumner, a former Class B standout, has a little bit elevated spot in the rotation. And then finally, Gabe Solser. We already talked about him in our analysis of that, but I, I highlighted Gabe because sometimes it's not nefarious. Sometimes there's nothing to do with it besides the guy's just ready for the next chapter in his life, and that's exactly what he told us at Skyline Sports. He's just ready for uh, something new, something different, and uh, a new academic challenge. So there you go, Treasure State Stars presented by Parkside Credit Union. What's going on tomorrow? We'll let you know. Keep it right here. New is now, ESPN Radio. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. ESPN Radio. Back when music videos were a big deal. This was definitely a uh, transcendent music video. Safford's doing the dance right now behind the glass. It was like the first music video that had claymation in it. Little Peter Gabriel for you here on your Tuesday. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We talked NFL draft. We talked four three days returning to Fort Missoula this Saturday. Talked some NBA. Talked all the way around the overlay of business and sports with Justin Angle, a business angle. And we had our Treasure State Stars for the week. You can find everything from today's show on the Nuanas Now podcast. Probably presented by Sportsbet Montana. As well as The Advocates. Tomorrow, back out at 4 p.m., more NFL draft coverage. Brent Vegan will join us off the top. Montana State head football coach to talk Troy Anderson, but also to talk Josh Allen. He was in the green room with Josh Allen once upon a time. He's got a good story about it. We're also going to have, this is fun, Connor Rogers. He's the lead draft analyst for Bleacher Report. He's also a contributing draft analyst for the NFL Network. So that'll be fun to have him as part of our ESPN Roundtable. Andrew Houghton will also have some other football for you, some footy 15. And, of course, we'll talk NBA and NFL draft. We'll see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. This has been Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. 
Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 